Hello, and welcome to A Joyful Pause Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our conversation today. I'm happy to introduce you to my guest, Terry Morganti Fisher, who is one of my favorite coaches. Terry spent over 40 years in education as a classroom teacher, senior leadership in a large urban school district, national consultant, and author. Whoa. Throughout that entire professional journey, she feels the most alive when learning in community. Terry is a teacher and a learner. After retiring, she began Women Growing Bolder as a catalyst to help others bridge from the known, usually a successful career, to the unknown, but what will I do next? She guides women to find clarity, change their relationship with time, make bold moves, and enjoy their life. She creates wonder doing what she loves with creativity, purpose, and joy. Terry is an adventurer. As an elder, she is committed to inspiring others for the common good. Terry is a faculty member of the Foundation for Conscious Living's Restoring Resourcefulness faculty and a Big Leap coach. She's been a student of Gay and Katie Hendricks for over a quarter of a century. Terry lives in Austin, Texas with her husband, is the mother of four adult children, and has five grandchildren. So again, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here with me today. I'm delighted to be here with you, Nicole. Thanks for asking. Of course. So Terry and I are both members of the Restoring Resourcefulness program. And if you were able to listen to the first podcast, you heard kind of a description of, um, of the different elements of practice that we're bringing into helping people to restore their resourcefulness and make choices from that place rather than from a place of reactivity. And I'm so happy to have Terry on today because we're going to talk about how restoring resourcefulness can help us to navigate uh, both the global pandemic of COVID and we may also dive a little bit into how it's helping us to navigate um, America kind of waking up to the pandemic of systemic racism. So Terry, what is the restoring resourcefulness tool that you're the most passionate about? Um, well, I'm passionate about them all, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> I've been really focusing lately on whole body listening. Um, mm. I'm finding that in social isolation, especially as an elder, uh, living with one individual, mm. as an empty nester, how am I listening to him primarily and then to others in different ways than I would have before? So um, shall I review the steps of whole body listening for the listeners? Yeah, that would be awesome. All right. So I want to paint a context for the the tool of whole body listening. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, it's really about selecting to give your attention, full attention, to another being uh, and committing to listen to them with your whole body the whole way through what it is they have to say so that they feel acknowledged. Um, the steps start with preparing yourself uh, to listen and the first step is, am I willing to listen right now? Do I have the space within myself? So presencing 
myself within myself feeling am I grounded and can am I available to give you my full attention so that you feel hurt right now Mm -hmm. Um, and then once I get a clear yes to that then commit to listening and um, then I'm in and I do that by physically moving my body towards opening my posture and making sure that I'm breathing easily so um, often when my husband will walk into my office if I'm sitting in here and uh, he will be coming in through my back right side and I may be very focused on something (laughs) and just mentally you know 100% in that and he'll start talking and Mm -hmm. I will get um, annoyed and not move into whole body listening. And so what we've um, developed over time to make it easier and gentler and more loving is asking, are you available to listen right now? Mm. And I have um, developed more resilience within myself to say, hang on just a minute, go sit in the chair that I have in my office Give me a second. And then when I turn around on my uh, swapper and look him in the eye, then we know I'm ready to fully listen to whatever it is um, he wants to talk about. Um, The second step is actually listening. So listening not only to the words, but to what's going on in the other person's face. Um, is there a tone of voice that you can hear something underneath? Sometimes you can hear, even if you can't see someone's face, whether someone is breathing or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you notice the pitch of the voice. Uh, I now can get the sense, even without looking someone, with someone, from their tone of voice, how grounded they are. And their pacing also clues me into things. And then am I actually, what am I hearing in their words? What are their words actually communicating to me? Mm -hmm. Um, So that I'm able to truly be with them in the state they're at and accurately be there to listen to what it is they want to communicate. Wow, you know, I'm struck by a couple of things that you said. One is this piece about, are you available? And like, that is such an amazing question because often we're not. And then the communication just bounces because you're listening, you're like, it's like, hurry up and listen. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard you. Okay, great. And then you go back to what you're doing and you weren't actually with that person. So even though for listeners who have never done that, it might sound like, whoa, are you available? Like that sounds like a deep question. And yet it really is the question that allows for such a wonderful expression of honesty between the two people. Yeah. You know, it was so... um... It was such a part of what I did not do Um, when I was a director of professional development and running a site that all these teachers came in and out of. And I'd be walking the halls trying to 
in my get it done persona. Um, mm -hmm. And just having all this noise bouncing in and out of me um, and responding because that's what you do when you're the director. Um, but not truly being with people. So I, what I had to learn was how to um, make time in my busy doer <laughs> to make myself available to the people I cared about. Yeah. Yeah, and that feels like a gift for both people. Like I think, I think both the being able to give your full attention to someone is so enlivening as the person giving that attention because you're not split. But then also the person receiving it, um, that's such a gift too because you you can feel fully heard. Yes. Yes, I think that's the hallmark, Nicole, you've got it. And I know mm. I have a couple of family members that um, are chatterboxes and they'll ask like, how are you or what's up? And when you go to respond then they come back in with their deal. Um, mm -hmm. And I get annoyed and notice that I don't want to connect with those individuals. Um, I do it more out of obligation than I do out of truly wanting to connect. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. that bouncing doesn't feel like actual connection. It just feels like bounce, 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 bounce. Yeah, it, yeah. it, um, it makes the uh, relationship uneven. Mm. Uh, so mm -hmm. I tend to get a little resentful. And then there are other times when uh, we have adult children and uh, our daughter lives in California with three of the grandchildren and she's mm -hmm. gone through first the California fires and displaced from our house and that now COVID. Um, yeah. And so just really being there for her to listen to her through all of the angst that's going on with as a mother of three littles <laughs> and uh, a husband who's a chiropractor. So is out working with people that come into the office every day and the finances of the whole thing, just truly being there for other individuals, um, including family members, is an important gift for me. I feel that um, it's part of who I am, uh, both as a mom, but also as an elder, is how can I listen, truly listen to people I um, do a mindfulness, two mindfulness sessions a month with a group of teachers. And that's what I found that they have most appreciated is that, oh, here's a space where I can come and breathe and somebody will listen to me and acknowledge no matter what comes out of my mouth, <laughs> you are valued and I hear you. I hear how frustrated you are, how you don't know what's going on, how sad you are that you're not with your children right now in the classroom, mm -hmm. how you feel like, I don't know what I'm doing, all those kinds of things. Um, and reflect back to them. You are of value. You are doing the very best you can in a 
weirdly, uh, a weird time when nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I can only imagine how that feels to them that, you know, as we're kind of going through, a lot of states are in that uh, point right now where they're talking about how they're going to open schools, how they're going to do it. Is it people are totally back? Is it hybrid? Is it virtual only? Um, and so I can only imagine how good it feels to teachers to actually be heard because in the larger context, it seems like they're not being heard. Yeah. Yeah, that they're being heard for who they are as people. And right. of course, so much of their personal identity is uh, driven by the fact that they teach. Mm -hmm. um, and to see people that I know are master teachers um, experiencing so much self-doubt mm. and angst, you know, for themselves yeah. and their families and how do we do it? And their students, yeah, yeah. Well, I love, you know, just how much um, connection, just this step of preparing to listen can generate, like just the preparation can generate interconnection so that you know you're available and then you can turn that interconnection and energy toward the person with that second step of listening. And I appreciated what you said about, it's not just the words, it's the facial expressions, it's the tone. And so um, what do you notice in you as you, turn on that what feels to me like a higher level of listening like what do you notice in in the quality of the connection between you and the other person it actually feels uh like there is a connection <laughs> yeah rather yeah. than words kind of all around me mm -hmm. um it feels like there's a personal connect and our energies are matching and I um, can then really attune myself to what is it they're saying. So yeah. checking to see if I'm, what I'm hearing is in fact accurate with them by asking them, reflecting back what I hear that they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and then also moving into a sense of, my sense of the feelings that I might hear underneath that. Uh, that they may not have explored. So it, um, it's like adding spices when you're cooking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it enlivens the whole conversation, uh, the listening, the attributes of it, I guess, is a, another way of saying it. It, it mm -hmm. deepens the quality and the complexity. And in these COVID times, Terry, are you finding that you can bring this to life, even if you're on a Zoom call or a phone call. Um, I'm wondering about the presence of technology and how that influences whole body listening or not. You know, I was thinking about that as I was preparing for this and I realized, yes, I'm totally with mm -hmm. Zoom. 
I mean, mm -hmm. it, the ability to presence on Zoom, I think, is uh, remarkable. I am mm -hmm. so delighted by it. Mm -hmm. I feel in some ways, um, I have a little bit of a hearing loss, so in some ways, I feel like I hear better. And um, I can see faces of individuals. I can see their bodies. Uh, so definitely with Zoom. Mm -hmm. I have recently started playing with this around texting since it's such so pervasive with, you know, and it, it, uh, it interrupts, or I find it interrupts because I give it my attention when it makes a little sound and Everybody in my family has a different sound, so I know who it's coming in from. Um, <laughs> so all of those uh, kinds of things, really, um, the being present with, and am I listening through reading the words, what it is they're trying to communicate. Um, it's surprising sometimes how, what people will say in a text mm -hmm. to you that, in my, in my day and age, it would have been pick up the phone so you could actually talk. So that whole communication through text and being able to listen um, through text. So I don't think the technology has gotten in my way. Um, and I've also started riffing on the whole body listening, just the whole concept of it, the whole tool about, so can I do it with myself? Um, Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> so playing with that this week. And a lot of that's been driven with what's going on in America right now. So as I've been learning and exploring through anti-racist work and book groups that I'm part of and reading and YouTubes and then the whole political structure that's going on and just everything, all the noise, yeah. um, settling all that down with actually going through the steps of whole body listening with myself as I reflect and calming my whole nervous system down using it. Mm, that's wonderful. So I, I want to talk more about that, but I also recognize that I got so excited. You were only at step <laughs> two before I came in strong. So um, you want to walk the listeners through um, the other steps of whole body listening? Sure. So okay. to review a little bit, we sort of touched on it for step three is confirming and clarifying, which means um, checking in with the person you're listening to. Has it been uh is what you're hearing accurate? Mm -hmm. And you really do that by saying the words back. Um, when Stephen and I were first going together, if we felt like we did not, uh, the other person didn't hear us, then we coined this phrase called acknowledgement, please. So it oh, yeah. would cause the other person to stop. Our agreement was you would pause, stop, and say the words back so the other person knew they were um, actually heard and uh, he had two younger boys when we got together so we taught everybody that we would just it was a miracle going through teenager years acknowledgement please <laughs> yeah. that's awesome so besides the confirming and clarifying then um, 
within that, listening for without judgment about, and I think this is what you're feeling. It sounds as though this has affected you. I hear this has touched you. Mm. That there are feelings besides words. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, especially when it's a difficult thing or in a coaching session, um, helping, being of service to people so that they truly are heard at the word and the feeling level allows them the space to then uh, reflect within themselves what's going on and be able to move if they choose. Mm -hmm. um, and then the fourth step is listening for possibilities. So without giving answers, because I'm really good at giving answers. Uh, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, really. Hi. You know, if you just did this. <laughs> yeah. Listening for possibility. So what the person really wants and reflecting it back in a way that they see it and then can choose to do something about it if they want. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it takes people out of a cycle of um, where something's on replay all the time and it just cycles through, cycles through, cycles through. Yeah. It allows people to take a step on a different path where there's other possibilities of what might happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the things I want to touch on for just a second um, and moving from listening to clarifying it is as the listener um, in using this process it is easy <laughs> to get distracted that we each bring our own listening filters into yeah. um, the arena because we all have them because we're alive so if we make up a story about what they're saying or we only listen selectively to parts of things um, or we listen to, I already know this, so you don't have to tell me again. That's a, mm. that's a repeat for us. Um, you've told me that before, that kind of thing. Then it yeah. muddies the water and puts, well, it puts a dirty filter on mm -hmm. a, a acknowledged whole body listening experience for both the listener and the person that's talking. Yes. I think we already, we just talked about one a second ago, which was listening to fix. I know I have that one yep. in spades. Like it's as soon as, and I, I do work on not doing that, but um, you know, it's like, Oh, X, Y, Z happened. Oh, did you think about blah, blah, blah. Instead of, you know, Oh, tell me more. Or um, how did you feel about that? You know, it's so easy to go to, to be sped up and to try to help the person go right to a solution when that is not what they came to you for. They came to you to feel, to share and to feel heard and to be seen, you know? Yeah. One of the things that Katie Hendricks has taught us um, that's been so helpful to me is to ask 
So I have a suggestion. Do you want to hear it? Mm-hmm. Uh, which it's been so helpful for me with my fix it. <laughs> I have a solution for you. You know, I've lived a long time and I'm a teacher, so I know these answers. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. I would like to circle back to something for a minute, if you have yeah. a moment. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about sp- having spent over 40 years in uh, the institution of public schooling. And uh, its role in systemic racism um, mm even though we talked about it all the time, looked at the data all the time, hired chief equity officers and all that, um, the actual not naming it, claiming it, and doing something about it is something I'm feeling really passionate about these days. Mm. Um, That the actual building of relationships with people and... uh, calling out when something is uh, feels racist Mm -hmm. or the system is acting in that way. Mm -hmm. I, um, many years ago, I did close to two years of work with a uh, Minneapolis school system and helping them develop a district-wide professional development plan. And there was this whole task force And uh, I would go up there and it was always about helping African-American children do better in the school system. And yet there was one African-American woman, one black woman on the task force. And when she finally, we got to be great friends, when she finally um, had the courage to say, This is the issue that's always talked about. Why am I the only person? All that happened was silence and nothing changed. Mm -hmm. So I guess Mm -hmm. part of what's been happening for me is reflecting back about all of these um, instances and experiences that I've had to um, wish I could have a do-over. No, I can't have a do-over. And wanting going forward to participate in a different way with uh, whatever role I have with that in, with the institution of education now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I can hear the um, that when she shared her experience um something like whole body listening could have been super helpful at that time for people to say yeah i hear that you i hear that and tell us more and to let that be be the beginning um to let that be the beginning of a a deeper dialogue about what what was being created yeah you know it's the tool of whole body listening and it's connecting at a personal relationship level 
So I did another couple of years in a school district in Georgia and racism was pervasive and everybody acknowledged it. They came at it through the uh, intellectual exercise of looking at data and the disparity among the kids. Mm -hmm. um, and as we would sit in rooms with a hundred people at a time, I now wish that one of us would have had the courage to construct conversations around how does this make you feel? What is your experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just wonder if yeah. it might have uh, changed things more for the kids. Mm. I was going to say, so now I have the courage of my conviction. So, um, and a, a whole different awareness and knowledge that for some reason totally escaped me. Um, so what it brings me back to with whole body listening is, am I willing, it's probably back to the first step. Am I available to listen no matter what the conversation is? Am I willing, available and listen, willing to listen to hard things? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I love that you um, have that knowledge of how it was and then using this to create how you will move forward, you know? And as we've been talking about whole body listening, I did keep thinking to myself, wow, you know, this is such a useful tool as people um, are learning about history that they were never taught. Like I saw a friend um, who went for a socially distanced walk and um, she was saying to me, like, I didn't, like, she was, um, she's taking a class on anti-racism and she was just shocked at all of the different things that she never was educated on. Yeah. And, um, and like literally shocked, like, Nicole, but did you know this? I'm like, uh-huh. She's like, but how did I not know that, you know? And it's like, well, don't get mad at yourself. Like the system is set up. It doesn't want you to know that because once you know that, You'll be catalyzed as you are. The system wants you to be in the dark about it. And I'm so happy that you're getting this knowledge. And part of that is, you know, she was available to hear it. She sought it out and she was available to hear it and available to actually listen. So I think both that inner work of whole body listening, people that are gaining new information doing that stuff to check in to see, are they available in that moment? And if they're not, if they're only kind of checking a box, maybe that moment is not the time and come back to it when you are, when you are more available. And then also this piece of the interaction, as you're saying of if you're in community and you're doing this work, can you notice your availability? Can you really bring forth that deeper listening that hears the words and the tone and the feeling underneath and and moving through these steps together as we are both learning and unlearning. Yes. Yeah. And building relational trust mm. um, with each with each other. 
Mm -hmm. uh, much of my work was uh, when I once I left the classroom was with other adults. So really listening to each other as the adults and building relational trust there. And then uh, so that that context then can be in each and every classroom mm -hmm. and kids can feel heard. Yeah. Yep. And I think this part about um, the confirming and clarifying step, there's an authenticity to that. Like I've seen people use that as a technique and it lands very differently than when someone's actually wanting to confirm that they heard you. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a nuance there, but I've seen people kind of just like parrot something back and you don't feel the like, when you do this confirmation step and you're fully present, it lands very differently than if someone just says, oh, I'm hearing that you're blah. You know, like, do you, is that your experience too of that, that it's not just these steps, it's the presence as you're doing the steps? There is an authenticity to it. I yeah. think that's how Stephen and I came up with this acknowledgement, please. Mm -hmm. So we could really listen to the words we thought we said and feel yeah. heard in an authentic way. It's, yeah. uh, it builds a totally different relationship with mm -hmm. another individual. Mm -hmm. um, and that feels deeply important to me right now in COVID times, because if you are partnered, you are in the house 24 seven with, <laughs> with your person and you know, as much as you love them, there can still be these communication glitches. I know I've had them with Ambrose and I think he and I are both pretty good at communicating together. And yet there is something about um, being together so much that I find it easy to, to start operating on a filter that's what I notice in COVID times is like, because you're with each other so much, it's not like, oh, I haven't seen you all day. And so now tell me about your it's day. So, yeah. It's so easy to give you my full attention because it's like, listen, dude, I know a thing you did, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. Yep. And so it's easy to kind of like want to skip to the point almost. Um, I don't know if that's just me, but I just feel like the sense of, whole body listening being really a great tool to restore your resourcefulness in your primary relationship as you navigate, you know, less amounts of time apart, really. Yes. I think that's, that's really true. We, true. Uh, we have, uh, Stephen's father lives about four miles from us. He's, uh, he'll be 93 in December, and um, we actually have been grateful he is not in senior living. Mm -hmm. And he's totally isolated, um, which we're grateful that he's listened to us <laughs> about don't go out. Um, and of course, he watches the news and stuff. But being fully present in a whole body listening way for him we talk to him every night as we're eating dinner we'll call him up and 
he'll generally answer and say, I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, the value of, of actually sort of quickly, and oftentimes he doesn't want to talk more than like 15 minutes, um, Mm -hmm. if we're lucky. but going through these steps to presence ourselves with what it is he's saying and listening to his tone of voice and what he's up to and uh, especially is there anything underlying um, to know whether one of us needs to run over there and all that kind of stuff. And what's his experience? Before COVID, I was finding it of uh, such value, the connection with him as, you know, I talk about myself as an elder, but he, he really is an elder. Mm-hmm. To watch and listen to him at that advanced stage of life where he's still able to live independently and do things for himself. And having yeah. whole body listening conversations like about Atul Gawande's work on what is it you really want? Let mm. us hear. Yeah, oh, that's that's really good. Whole body listening conversations for yeah. what you want um, at that stage of your life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All of those kinds of things. Deepening the relationships with people. I, I, I really value it. Um, taking the time to have these kind of deep conversations and sharing what's going on inside um, is just such a treasure. It's really jewels that... In some ways, I wonder if COVID hasn't amplified, for me at least. You know, I'm not running her off to the silver sneakers class or this or that or the other thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have more connections, deeper connections with people. Yeah. And the power of your attention, like, you know, anytime I have a conversation with you, there's just this sense of like, I'm in this like Terry tractor beam of presence. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like being fully seen, fully heard. It's just very delicious. And I so appreciate that you bring that, um, that you bring that into whomever you're connecting with, you know? Um, And I, I'm happy that you're sharing this tool because I think, Yes, that is definitely, as I see it, a huge part of just an essence quality in you. And at the same time, you have years of having practiced this to the point where it's fully embodied. And so, you know, if you want to be someone who's giving someone your attention is like pulling them into a tractor beam of love, uh, definitely whole body listening is a way to start to to build that muscle, I think. Yes, yes. Yeah. And in some ways it also builds resilience to being able to hear just about anything. Well, not just about anything. 
Mm. I don't feel like mm. I have any anything anyone could not say to me or around me that I couldn't uh, work through my stuff and be present with enough to hear. Mm. Ooh, I just got a whole trickle of energy saying that. Out yeah. Loud. <laughs> more than a trickle, more like a whoosh. <laughs> yeah. That's super, um, you know, that's a big gift, I think. Sometimes it can be hard to, um, yeah, it can be hard to hear things because, because of the listening filters, because of, you know, a host of things. So that ability to be able to be present with communication as it is, and it doesn't mean that, you know, I don't take that to mean you agree with necessarily, you know, I don't, I don't hear agreement in there as much as I hear available to listen and that that availability to listen can be healing for, for, um, for the person that you're connecting with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right. I mean, <laughs> if I don't agree with you, I let you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as you that don't harm the relationship. Right. Right. So as you, um, there's something in that whoosh of energy of just, yes, I'm available for connection. I'm available for deep listening. It made me wonder about our collective liberation. How do you see, either from the perspective of how whole body listening can um, support our collective liberation or just your vision for what our collective liberation looks like, um, I would love to hear how you see that. I think we have to choose to uh, put ourselves in situations actively join with others to um, have discussions around the things that we think are important. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, it's important for me to still have my communities of elders and have commonalities around that. And I also am choosing to be part of the collective that's studying anti-racism. So I, uh, I volunteer for uh, the Amala Foundation, which is a youth-oriented group that has, way before COVID, um, has had youth-led community groups, uh, multi-generational, um, multi-races that gather about once a month. And uh, I was getting really tickled participating in those. And now uh, they are part of the, um, what is it called? Like the great race read off or something like that. Hmm. And so I'm taking part in that, which is a five week study group and um, it's multi-generational. And then we break out into uh, like-bodied people hmm. and have um, conversations around that to prompts 
and, and we're doing it based on uh, my grandmother's hands, that book. But oh, yeah. Having the saying, okay, I am willing to <laughs> go to this and spend my time and participate with my comfort and discomfort mm -hmm. to learn what it is that um, I can do as a uh, as part of the collective it really has to do with part of the collective we've gotten so past that um, as I listen to all of this noise around us with everything is about me 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 you know I won't wear a mask da 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 da, da. it's and it's but what about the common good mm -hmm. how is it I can spend the remaining portion of my life for the common good. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I don't feel like I'm doing that in a way that sacrifices my joy mm -hmm. or my aliveness or I'm out of balance with it. Um, I feel like I'm more in balance than I've ever been and choosing mm. to do that. That gave me a whoosh of energy. <laughs> This, yeah, like we're, we're kind of sold on this, you know, American individ individualism as if that's the answer. And it's like, whoa, no, it's upside down. Like this weave of what I do impacts you and what you do impacts me and what we do impacts others and what others do impacts nature. Like that's, that feels more true. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, sharing your vision for our collective liberation. And I appreciate um, the deliciousness of your presence, which I feel um, this call that we're having and, and the anecdotes that you shared, um, you know, you've been married happily for a long time. So I always love when you talk about your husband, cause I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, I'm taking notes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, I'm just generally you, you're so awesome. So thank you for coming on today and for sharing yourself with our listeners and for sharing this tool of whole body listening. This was a delight, surprisingly. I, I really enjoyed myself, Nicole, and I've been appreciating listening to all of your podcasts. So thanks for letting me be part of it. Yeah, of course. Um, so if folks want to learn more about whole body listening, they can go to um, the foundationforconsciousliving.org. And that's where you can find um, more information about all of the Restoring Resourcefulness tools. And if you would like to um, work with Terry, as she is a coach, you can email her for more information about how she works with clients. And that is at coachterrymf at gmail.com. 
so great. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you so much, listeners. And be well. Bye, everyone.